Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. We're here at MPI WEC 19 in Toronto with uh, Mark Cooper, CEO of IAC. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Uh, my pleasure, Tyler. Delighted to be here as well and great to spend a bit of time with you. Now, you're quite busy during this show. Um, you have uh, 15 presentations here on your uh, IAC's Meeting Room of the Future. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners uh, what that's all about? Sure. Well, first of all, one clarification is we've got 15 what we're calling explorations here. So um, rather than us trying to disseminate information, although we've got lots of data from the Meeting Room of the Future research, we will be actually immersing those, uh, you know, delegates in an environment where they're a part of creating the research with us. So we're going to be exploring some of the gaps that exist today between, you know, whether it's what a venue offers in terms of uh, facilities, uh, whether it's food and beverage, technology, etc., or indeed it's you know how we're learning and those collaborations. We're looking at the gaps that exist today uh, between the venues and the suppliers and what meeting professionals want. Because without us understanding that and closing those gaps, in five years' time, we're not going to be able to hit the heights that we need to. And you've been doing this, am I correct, for four years now? Meet Your Room of the Future, it's hard to kind of imagine, but four years ago was when the concept of Meet Your Room of the Future came about. And when I think back to that time, it was very much that, you know, there was a lot of industry knowledge out there, you know, in terms of research around larger meetings, you know, in meetings in the hundreds, meetings in the thousands. But in the area that IAC really has a, a specialism, it's in those meetings and conferences and training courses that are under 200 delegates. And we felt there was an opportunity for IAC, um, which is in a unique position, having some, you know, both great ambassadors that run on, you know, run meetings, but also the forward-thinking suppliers, our connections through associations like MPI, with you know, with the perspective of the meeting planner. We thought we were in a great position to be able to draw upon all that ta- talent and knowledge and to create a set of trends and research that really did just look specifically at those events of under 200. And you're right, four years on, six reports, four global reports, two regional ones, one in Asia, one in South America. Um, that, that's been the backbone and that's what's brought us to this live showcase event that we now are doing for the very first time here at WEC. And, um, and you mentioned reports. I think you have a new one you just released at this WEC. Right. The 2019 report is absolutely deliberately to, uh, uh, being published to coincide with this event. So just three days ago, we were able to launch that report. And that's the first one that we've done for, uh, in terms of the interviewing and surveying of meeting professionals since 2017. So two years was a good gap for us to be able to benchmark and see what the differences are there. And what are some of the main findings from this year's report? There are several, Tyler, in terms of, you know, main findings. There are both those which are a continuation of importance. And they, you know, they they were there two years ago and they remain important. And those are, you know, the creation of unique experiences, of course. We know that's still very much alive. The flexibility that's needed within terms of meeting space to change layouts, to keep things interesting, to form layouts and groups that are going to be great for collaboration. They were there then, but they continue to be really important. And we went from 80% of meeting professionals that felt the development of meetings experience was important two years ago to now 85%. So if anything, 
it's only growing and this whole concept of it's you know not your parents meeting anymore it's something that resonated right the way throughout the report and uh, one interesting thing I think I saw in there was that um, ethical operations and sustainable practices are very important to the respondents uh, they absolutely are and we started to focus on that more in this this iteration of the research and maybe we have in the past because we know it's important I'll give the, the analogy that I've given this morning in one of our opening addresses which was you know five years ago we used to be worried about um, whether we would run out of food on our buffet tables at our conferences today we're worried about what we leave on those tables when we walk out of our lunches because our delegates feel guilty and they care about that um, as we look forward it's going to be about finding the right way to do business and interact with our venue operators but also manage better the delivery the presentation and the whole concept of how we deal with unused food at the end if we get it wrong um, so that that does not go to waste we have to reduce our um, our carbon footprint we have to be cognitive of the climate you know climate change uh, as an industry and we don't want to be seen as the industry as in the meetings industry we do not want to be seen uh, like the tobacco industries of the 1980s that buried their head in the sand. And I'm not saying that we are, but what I have seen in the research, what we're continuing to see, uh, is that it is an increasing priority for meeting professionals now, which is really encouraging to see. And then another issue that was mentioned in that uh, report was of cybersecurity. Um, and, you know, with the events in the world, all over the world, in the United States, globally, um, you know, that's very, uh, it seems very relevant to all of us in the meetings industry. What did you find in the report? We we found in the report when we addressed cybersecurity directly that meeting professionals now are considering the, the information, uh, or rather they're considering the technologies that they introduce into their meetings and evaluating them based upon whether there is a low or high risk in terms of um, cyber security. So it's playing a part. They're reticent to be able to introduce new technologies just because they're new technologies or they look like a cool idea without there being some um, uh, credibility behind those organizations. And, you know, we, we see data breaches. We, we read about them in the media all the time. We see some, you know, that have national and international implications. It will only take one significant data breach that exists because of a high-profile conference somewhere within the world and the environment that that conference is taking place in for it to be you know for, for the spotlight to be shined on our industry wouldn't it be great that if and when that day does come and I'm sure it will do but when it does come you look at the huge amount of efforts that have already you know are in play to reduce and mitigate that risk so it is important but equally the venue side of um, you know the the audience that we surveyed the venues are equally um, being responsive to creating the infrastructure they need to you know to provide dedicated secure uh, wi-fi environments you know and so this is stepping one stage beyond the creation of you know strong quality broadband infrastructure this is actually getting secure systems that are going to do the job and then um, another element is how new technology is affecting uh, meetings and events. Uh, it mentioned uh, audience participation apps, uh, projection mapping, screen sharing. Um, what, what do uh, meeting planners need to know about all those? Well, I think what meeting planners 
you know are seen already is that although some of these concepts have been in play now for a few years they're actually becoming a lot more robust and a lot more refined their integration of different technologies onto single platforms like the the apps is working incredibly well and making these a, a seamless product the one that i'll point out in terms of the one that interests me the most in terms of where we're going and it only hit us through this research um, as a as a distinct possibility is the use of flip charts in terms of you know or rather the consideration of the way we're learning today being a lot more collaborative. In conferences of the past, we used to ask for the slide, the PowerPoint presentation as a PDF, you know, to be able to refer to. Well, you can't do that now when the actual session is not a, you know, a PowerPoint-based uh, presentation and it's more collaboration. So the way that that's captured is stepping beyond, for instance, even the use of traditional flip charts um, which of course use paper which of course are linked to sustainable practices and waste so I anticipate in the next five to ten years there's a distinct possibility that we'll see meeting environments which are flip chartless flip charts will be banished to the room where there's also the 35 mil slide projectors and overhead projectors of the past and instead we'll be using smart boards that will be capturing what is written on them but more importantly being able to disseminate that information very efficiently to the delegates that have attended that session after, almost immediately. And um, another uh, term that is very interesting to me is experience creation. What does that mean and uh, how, how can meeting planners implement that and wrap their heads around that concept? The concept of creating experiences is something that we're all comfortable with today. I think the magnitude in which we are expected to create memories within our meetings at every given point and also you know personalize those experiences for our attendees has created a huge task and what we're seeing from the research that we're doing perhaps influenced a little bit by you know by restricting budgets is that meeting professionals that are successful in the areas of creating memory many memories and touch points and experience are those who carefully choose the suppliers that they work with because it's part of their responsibility to do that as standard practice and whether that's your technology company your venue your um, you know your, your food and beverage providers your off-site experiences all of those now need to shoulder the you know the the shared responsibility to create those experiences and if you do that well as a meeting planner you're not absorbed in you know in creating something which could take a huge amount of your time so i think we will see more more of more experience creation becoming standard within all of those organizations that support the meeting and the meeting organizer and then finally uh, just wrapping up the report part of this um, dietary requirements um, i know i've talked to you in the past and that's always top of mind for you in iac um, what did the report find and what do meeting planners need to know the report uh, the last report that we conducted it was there was a awareness and a realization that it's a huge burden for both the meeting professional to capture uh, to categorize and communicate the needs to venues just as it is a, a growing area of focus for the venues I think in this research though Tyler what we what we have found is that um, 
the more that we can create inclusive menus so menus that cater for gluten-free vegetarian vegan you know even keto and some of those other allergens if if you create an inclusive menu that can encompass a lot of the broad spectrum of, of common allergens and requirements then it reduces the amount that you have to deal with uh, as an exception so again it's about careful planning but you know there's a shouldered responsibility for the venues to be putting as much focus on allowing those menus to be created where they are inclusive as well we're running a session this afternoon here which is looking purely at uh, the you know the creation of more inclusive menus and how we can go about that reduce the exceptions create a better standard that's you know that's all encompassing for everyone well, it all sounds so interesting. I can't wait to digest all of the information more. Where can uh, where can people learn more about this great report? So the IAC Meter Room of the Future, like all of our uh, reports and guidelines, is available to download uh, without cost at IAC Meetings. So that's IACCmeetings.com uh, in our Trends and Research section. And we hope that the report and even the two-page infographic, which pulls out some of the highlights, will just give uh, meeting professionals some tools, uh, some confidence to take some brave steps and help us create the meetings environments of the future. Well, thanks for uh, the information on the report. And, um, you know, I've covered IAC for many, many years. You're really, you're the specialist in the conference center segment. What's new in that segment um, that you can share with our listeners? Well, we've got, uh, you're absolutely right, we're, we're a niche association, let's put it, you know, the average group size of an IAC venue is less than 150 delegates, and we have a whole myriad of, of conference venues that are coming from different disciplines, from university venues to corporate venues. What's new? I think the evolution of the, the meeting space, and certainly the evolution of the uh, of the urban day centre uh, concept is something that, that is growing. It's good for all all of our membership, whether they are residential conference and meeting venues or non-residential day centres, because what they're doing is they're providing an alternative to that multi-purpose hotel banqueting space for meetings, which we know, um, you know, are not ideal. They don't help us create the experiences that we want. But until you have credible experience, uh, credible alternatives to those, then really the momentum can't really move forward. So um, we're seeing more of those. We're seeing a heightened awareness across the different disciplines in terms of more robust technology uh, and internet at the venues, a greater sense of focus on the culinary element because of that very close link to the meetings experience objectives of our meeting planners um, so we're seeing venues you know equipping themselves with staff you know for it's not unusual to see an event experience manager that may have been the conference coordinator of the past well great well thank you for joining us mark that's my pleasure tyler always a pleasure Great. And thank you for listening to this Meetings Today podcast. You can head on over to meetingstoday.com forward slash podcast to uh, learn more from uh, various industry experts on all the issues that matter to meeting planners and the meetings industry. Thanks for joining us for this podcast taped at MPI WEC 2019 in Toronto.